Welcome. This is the Illinois Valley Alternative Podcast. Sorry. This is an Ivy Pod production. You can find us at ivypod.com, Ivy Podcast on Twitter, Ivy Pod on Facebook. Mail at Ivy Pod is our email. And we're no longer on G, Google. Oh, that sucked. Let's go. <laughs> You had it in there, yeah. It was all right. Okay, we're rocking. Hi, John. What's up, Clayton? Not much. We're back. We made it back. Thought maybe we were going to do one in the uh, last Monday, but we didn't quite get to it. That Bears victory was a little much. We were all worked up, and we couldn't have toned ourselves down just to not yell on the podcast the whole time. I think. I know. I was so fun. That was so fun. Twitter was so fun that night. Everything was fun. Twitter is, is great when the Bears win. Yes, it is. They lose, or there's controversy. It's not fun when when Jay Cutler gets a bad case at jerk face for a game. It's not fun, but you just ignore it on those times. But yeah, absolutely. And then this week, you know, we're it's Sunday, so we just watched the Bears win again. They're four and one going into the bye week. I don't think it gets any better than that. Um, I mean, I know it could, but our expectations aren't that great. And so it was a good good day all around. And now we're doing our show, and uh, I think we got a really good topic planned uh kind of a actually i would call this more one of our uh not just a free-for-all episode but one where we actually stay focused on one particular topic yeah semi-educational yes. we'll do our best we've tried to do a little bit research for this show so we're gonna we don't claim to be experts but we're gonna do what we can we're gonna talk about uh well we can preview it uh it's the r-i-c-l which, uh, what's that stand for? Rock Island? Rock. Here we go. I already don't know what we're talking about. Already, we did a little bit of research. No, I, <laughs> the Rock Island Clean Line, which is a, a, a potentially a, a set of power lines uh, that would be different. We'll get into it later. Big power line that would go across, basically go all the way from Iowa to a station near Morris and then from there on. So basically uh, cut right across on the northern part of Illinois east to west. Right, and what pro- kind of prompted the episode was if you live in the Illinois Valley, especially on the northern side of the Illinois Valley, you may have seen signs that say our block, R-I-C-L, and that's directly related to this. And I know I living in or working in Mendota, I've seen these signs all over the place, so I was wondering what the hell it is. So maybe you are too. So anybody who lives around or along Route 52, it sounds like? Or even anywhere up there. Right. I mean, just, yeah. We could be impacted by this potential thing. We'll, we'll sort of save that. I think we're going to hit on. Yes. We've got a lot of local news stuff. We're going to do our Twitter. Oh, we will do Twitter. So the week. And then we're going to do uh, <laughs> a lot of, you know, apps and pods and whatever else. So uh, I don't I, I Maybe we should jump right into the um, other local news because there was some other uh, funny kind of stuff going on. Well, like what? Well, the one that stood out to me was that the <laughs> man shot another guy because he thought he was a skunk. <laughs> the hand, and apparently he had a bicycle helmet on that 
uh, looked like a skunk or something. Apparently, I, yeah. I've never seen a bicycle helmet that was black with a white stripe out, you know, over the top of it. But there was, and he shot him in the hand with a twenty-two. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to uh, Tom Collins, staff writer for the Trib. Here we're referencing this story. Um, guy driving on his riding on his bike. It was three thirty p.m. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Got shot in the hand while stopping in a ditch on Route 251 to repair his bicycle. <laughs> so I think that like he was down in the ditch, so you could really only see the top of his head, which happened to be a helmet that, when drunk, potentially could have been viewed as being a skunk. Although I'm pretty sure I have hair, and I'm pretty sure his helmet was made of plastic, but, you know, hey, I'm not going to judge. But it, he, this this fellow that... I am. He did the shooting... Uh, Pretty. Uh, he admitted that he had been drinking. So, you know, I've had a few beers this afternoon, and I, I thought about shooting a guy earlier that drove by. <laughs> Just looked a little shady. I mean, I don't. I don't. When does anybody ever pull a gun and be like, "I don't know, shoot that skunk"? So if he must have already had his gun out. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've seen a lot of. Uh, I drive on two fifty one a lot, you know, daily, and I do see a lot of. Dead skunk carcasses all over the place, so I guess maybe some would view them as a problem, but uh, this is a bit a bit extreme. Well, it's this is like a perfect one for all the podcasts or shows where they talk about you know stupid news stories. This is this fits right into that. Oh yeah, this is the kind of thing that Leno would do on his headlines Mondays or whatever he does. But. I thought about you know, like uh, sending. I listened to Adam Carolla, so I thought about sending it to them, like just to. You know, they do a skit on there where it's Germany or Florida, and you have to guess whether the story took place in Germany or. <laughs> nice. And even though this was neither of them, if it this if this took place in Florida, this would be a perfect because it's a toss up, you know. But uh, yeah, it's it's a stupid news story, and luckily this particular guy he wasn't hurt seriously. Although I mean, he probably would have some sort of. It's a twenty-two. Hopefully, it didn't destroy his hand, and there wasn't any nerve damage or anything. So. But right, he's so dead or anything, so that's good. A nice, nice kickoff to our show. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, we well, and we were just talking about the bears, and one of the other stories we were talking about our before we started recording to recording tonight was uh, Jim McMahon and how his head hurts now, and um, he ha- he's having early onset. Was it dementia? Dementia, and we've had, yeah. we've talked about the head in, head injury thing in the past with. Uh, a blood test to determine whether someone had a concussion or not. And uh, so that was one of them. Like, or I, I don't know how we kind of fit this one into our show right now, but it, it's another interesting uh, blurb. It doesn't fit, but as a, uh, you know, a legend within the, uh, yeah, within the area, since we all like hail the 85 bears, it's worth mentioning. It's the, the team that I, I'm, I'm confident I can say that you and I, when we, our first memories of the bears are with Jim McMahon as the quarterback. And and that team destroying everyone, right? And just how eighties oh. cool he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. Well, he was the kind of the football player that you wanted to emulate when you were playing. You know, just pick up football. I mean, the guy was crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, he would do everything. Mm-hmm. And he he was he was the definition. He's still cool. They had a he has a picture from and this is 
going back to the preseason, but him and another ex-player driving in an RV, and then they stop at a campground, and they got a flat-screen TV out on their picnic table. They're drinking beers, and he's, uh, like, you know, sitting there watching the Bears game preseason. And then there's one another one of them driving in the RV wearing his Zubaz pants. <laughs> his, his Bears Zubaz. <laughs> like... Those are probably 20-year-old Zubaz pants, you know, from way back in the day, but he still rocks them, so. That's awesome. Yeah, I, it's sad, but, you know, it felt kind of... Yeah, un- I felt bad, too. We had to mention it. Right. For sure. All right, plowing ahead. Mm-hmm. What else? That's that's two quick ones. Should we mention the Starbrock thing or move on to something else? Might as well. I think we got it. We got enough time. Uh, we do have some time. Uh, Frank Martino, uh, speaking, I think this is sort of a uh, trying to spark a fire under some people. Uh, speaking. Oh, absolutely. Saying that they, they if funding doesn't get worked out, um, the state of Illinois doesn't start figuring out a way to manage its money, uh, that Star Rock itself could be closed due to lack of state funding. Uh, so. And I read this. I got no issues with Frank Martino. I mean, he's been around this area for quite a while in politics so he's doing something right but you know the driving force trying to behind reopening the the river where the the kayaking and the the tubing and all that goes on because of the where it was closed there in uh oglesby oh yeah yeah he you know he helps push through he's a he's definitely out uh he's a advocate for the illinois valley for sure and i think like if you read it it's like well is he serious and i think he's 100 percent serious yeah, you know, he, he probably is, and, and I think what he's trying to do, like like you said, he's trying to push things through and get things to happen. I just don't like when guys use that kind of rhetoric, the scare tactic rhetoric. I mean, I don't know. That's the only thing that bugged me about this whole thing. It's like, oh, the whole thing's going to shut down uh, if we don't do something now. It's like, well, no, it's not, but yes, you're right. We need to do something. Could you imagine that, though? You pull up and there's just a barricade, and it's... Well, I, I visited Starve Rock this weekend, which, you know, the Burgoo was today. We are recording on the 7th of October, 2012, to give us a little date stamp there. Uh, so the Burgoo was today. And I did not go to the Burgoo, but I went hiking mm-hmm. yesterday, Saturday. Holy shnikes, it was busy. I mean, I was I go to – I usually go hiking on the, the outskirts of Starved Rock, mm-hmm. and every parking lot was jammed. I mean, it was crazy. So, yeah, that would be – I mean, they are rolling with the people, especially this weekend. So such a thing would be devastating. Right. And it's not going to happen. Probably not. Uh, they're, they're actually going to. So I think we've talked about this in the past, too. Um, we're kind of ahead of, maybe not ahead, but everything in Illinois moves so slowly. Um, they're the state fee, like charging a $2 per head or a $5 per car fee. If politics in Illinois moved a little quicker, maybe they could be raising that revenue now, um, but they're not. So... Hopefully they can get things straightened out, so we don't have to worry about uh, the, just the, the state parks closing. Because it it seems it, uh, so outrageous that it you, you wouldn't imagine that it could happen. But you know, if things don't work out or they're not able to get the financials straight, it could. So something to work. Yeah. I guess keep an eye on it. I'm sure we'll keep an eye on it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's it for all. I- that's about it for local stuff. I guess before we take a break and before we go into our big topic, I have our two little quick things here. Big sympathies to the Twitter world. I know we got hacked over the last week and many people did. So, um, you know, that sucked. So if you've been just a set of warning out to everybody, you know, watch it when you get weird direct messages from people. 
don't click the link. Right. I have to agree with that. <laughs> okay, and as a result of that, I've got like a rule. I mean, I in general, I just have a rule. I don't like to click any link mm. that goes to my direct messages in Twitter. I think that's probably a good rule, John. Yeah. And I think people will start probably, if they haven't before, they will start following similar rules. And you'll know. You can just tell by looking at them. It's sort of a weird uh, sense you get when you, you can sort of tell, like, it's sort of a kooky-looking message. And it's... Yeah. Yeah. So You know what's a problem? And I don't know if this is a problem or not, but it makes me concerned. Like, if you use some Twitter apps... They always give you, like, or not all of them, but sometimes they give you those previews, mm-hmm. like a preview of whatever the link is. Right. Even though you didn't click the link, it's giving you a preview. So I'm wondering if when that happens, when it does that preview, does that actually mean it's accessing the link and thus, you know... I don't think so. I think... I hope not. And that really makes me... Because I know when I first got one of those direct messages, I clicked on it to try to open it so that I could delete it. And then it automatically tried to do this preview thing, and then I like just got out of the app altogether because I got all worried. Just from the previews, from when you clicked on the message? Yeah, it started to preview whatever the web page was, and I just got concerned that, oh, maybe it's accessing that web page, and I didn't want it to. I just wanted to open the message to delete it. Okay. But it, it, it opened up this preview window. So I don't know if anybody knows how that works. I would love to know because it would make me feel a lot better. <laughs> So I don't know. I, yeah, I, I actually like that preview screen you get on Twitter. Oh, no, I do too. It's just in that situation, it was bad. Oh, right on. Okay. I understand that. But yeah, we, we totally got hacked, and it was, I, I think almost everybody we follow or follows us got like a direct message that said the same thing. And yeah, and everybody, yeah, a lot of people were getting, yeah, a lot of and then were getting it. So. Because everybody's messaging you, and you're like, you know, what the H, <laughs> you know what I mean? But thanks to everybody out there who sent us, like, messages saying, hey, dude, I think you're hacked and stuff like that. We got quite a few of those, so yeah. appreciate that. Which, by the way, speaking of Twitter, we made it to 100. Yeah, we're up to three, actually. So yeah. We can get to 200 quicker than we got to 100. <laughs> we're not yeah. out of our way. We're, we don't follow a ton of people, though. So I think that you see people online where they, you know, you know someone will start following you, and you'll look, and they follow seven thousand people, and they have, you know, sixty five hundred followers, and you're like, oh, I, I get it, I get what you're doing. You know, I get that right there. Are you, do you have content? Yeah. Are you do you tweet meaningful things, or are you are you just a real thing, or are you just someone that's trying to get as many followers as you possible? Porn bots. Yeah. So I, I effing porn bots. Ugh. Whatever. You drive me nuts. <laughs> I agree with that though. The porn bot thing is ugh. annoying. I get excited. Oh, I got a new follower. Oh, it's a porn bot. <laughs> yeah. F you. Yeah. We gotta go to a break. At least you get the picture from the porn bot. <laughs> yeah. Get a moment. Yeah. That's what I get that. Gem, uh, <laughs> Okay, we're back. 
Sweet. Ready to rock this B. So we're going to talk about these block R-I-C-L signs you may or may not have seen around the Illinois Valley. As we previewed before, they, what do they stand for? Rock Island Clean Line. Uh, and the idea here is, shall we take it away, Clayton? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a power line that's basically going to run from Iowa all the way across Illinois, like we said earlier. Um, but the one main difference, and this is kind of a something that we, I think you and I are both sort of intrigued by, rather than it, it being like an AC power line, an alternating current power line, it's going to be a DC power line. Yes, high voltage direct current right. power line. And this, um, it's a, it's a, it was actually what Thomas Edison had originally designed when he first carried electricity. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we definitely yeah. I wanted to talk about that, but before we talk about that stuff, let's because I'll go on and on if we start talking AC DC. But you're right. Yeah, this, this is the Edison's creation of DC direct current. That's the oldest form, or the original form mm-hmm. of power here in the states and whatever. But uh, now we use AC everywhere. So, right, that's why this is kind of intriguing, like you said. This is a DC line, high energy or high voltage, whatever. But the funny thing about it is this is bringing power from potentially, you know, renewable sources of energy like wind farms and then pumping it with these wires straight out to, what is it, like Morris? Mm -hmm. And then from there it will be dispersed potentially to Chicago and maybe some of the local areas there. And – but. But really, it seems like it's going out east. Right. So it's a way to bring power from the west. We're well, not even the west, but the Midwest, the western part of the Midwest, right. out to the east. Mm-hmm. And that's where things kind of bug people a little bit because right. there isn't really a direct benefit to anybody here in the Illinois Valley for having these power lines run through their farmland. In farmland, this here, this is the Midwest. This is cropland. This is pristine farmland here and we're you know right. we want to run some power lines that's going to take up quite a bit of space potentially it's been so the block ricl so i guess maybe we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here should we should we explain what block ricl who they are and what they're doing well clean line energy partners is the company behind the rock island clean line and they're just a, a an energy company kind of like uh what was the big one down in houston that went out of business the i'm gonna space out on it yeah i don't know (laughs) it's to the houston astro stadium Uh, yeah them guys it's a a complete financial disaster when they went down uh you should edit this particular part john (laughs) okay i'll see what i can do what was their name um well that's what they're they they had it compared to uh, some some of the controversial stuff, like the negative side of these companies, said that they're going to end up just like blah 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 company broke. But that, what it, what it is is just a, it's a company that's trying to use uh, trying to put renewable energy in a, on a line so they can get it to the east coast because there's some mandates that state that they want so much a percentage of their electricity to come from renewable resources and using the the wind turbines and some of the other uh, renewable energy sources in the Midwest. They're capable of, with this direct current line, they're capable of getting it to the East Coast where so they can help meet these government mandates by a certain date. That's kind of how I understand it. Right. And so now the, this, the company or whatever, they're, they want to bring this line. Uh, they have not yet 
determined or stated or made it public as to where they want to put it. And that's another thing that causes problems. So, But since you know, we people have only their assumptions to go off, uh, there's been some speculation that I believe it might go somewhere. In, what did you say before, right, right around Route 52? Mm-hmm. That, was seemed it? To, that seemed to be what people are getting the impression that they're going to follow 52, which 52 kind of goes – it's not a, a direct east. I mean, it is an east-west road, but I don't think it's you know straight, really. But that, and in the Illinois Valley, where Route 52 is by Mendota, is, seems to be one of the routes where they're thinking about going through. Uh, kind of a and and just a just a quick note, it's 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 a little misleading. The name mm-hmm. Rock Island Rail, uh, the Rock Island Clean Line. It's not really anything to do with Rock Island. Um, it's not like the companies out of Rock Island. That's the name. name. Com- Came from uh, the Rock Island Railroad, which stretches stretches across uh, Iowa uh, into Illinois. Right, and that's what they were originally projecting this uh, power line to go through. Um, so that's where it got the name. But don't, yeah, it's not actually a company out of Rock Island. The company's out of out of Texas. It is out of Texas. So just wanted to clear that up. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so opponents uh, I'm referencing here are uh, the News Tribune. There's been lots of articles in the Times and the Trib and all sorts of stuff about this. Uh, but um, people around the area have started posting these signs saying block R-I-C-L. And they've been having a lot of meetings. They just had a big meeting not that long ago. Mm-hmm. They're really, I mean, they're getting a bit of a head of steam, you know, uh, with their movement to to send out forms, you know, saying, hey, we don't want this. They're trying to make sure that it's not that the argument is we just don't want this in our in our yard sort of a you know argument mm-hmm. which and that's what i when i first heard about the story that's what i thought this all was i was like oh it's, that's all this is it's just like the wind farms it's, they don't want it in their their yard right. or their their farm or in their back you know not in my backyard that kind of an argument but it seems like there's a lot of good information here as to why this is a little bit weird and why that shouldn't really come through here mm-hmm. yeah well enron was the name of the company i was trying to think of uh, oh, and happens yeah. that this company I think is based in Houston too, which is why why I think it was mentioned in whatever I was reading. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was it, 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 it. I'm not sure where you were going, but uh, I had to get that in there. <laughs> I'm glad you said. That. <clears throat> yeah, uh, we, well, so this company thinks that they're going to be able to hook up into and build this, and there's not a lot of direct current uh, high high voltage direct current lines going in Illinois or not in Illinois. Period, but uh, throughout the northern uh, North America, it's a pretty limited thing. Um, it's a relatively yeah. new form of transmission of power. Um, <clears throat> they, they, they are saying that this project will provide a, a I'm kind of reading now, a, a substantial economic benefit throughout Iowa and Illinois. Um, you know, there'll be a ton of construction jobs, and it will create some permanent jobs. It will help the infrastructure of a lot of the wind farms. And, and I'm not sure why I, we keep hitting on whether it's direct current or alternating current but i'm not sure what why that seems to be such a big deal is it is it because they they're able to do a lot more power well clayton let me take you back about a hundred years back to the age of thomas edison and what is it nikolai or nikolov tesla yeah it's a much different world back then and uh direct current was the first thing that edison created and he he started to create these power plants I've been waiting for you to give me this opening, so that's why I seem ready to go. Um, uh, so anyway, Edison, he created 
that direct current or invented the whole thing. And, and it's a great form of, of, of transmitting power. Uh, it's, a, it's efficient, it's, it's, but there's problems. I mean, at least back then there were problems. Uh, the problem was that you could not transmit this power farther than a mile, so they had some severe limitations. And then Tesla came around, uh, and, West, and I think his, his theories and things uh, led to Westinghouse actually taking this and creating AC, alternating current. And it, it is what it sounds like. It, it's an, it's a, instead of like direct current, it's, it's what it sounds like. It's, it's sending power from one place to another, positive running to negative. Whereas alternating current is it's flipping back and forth, alternating um, the, the electrons and the wires are going both directions. Now, the benefits of the alternating current is that you can send it by sending huge amounts of voltage at a very low current. You can send um, it over really long ranges. Without, and without then, any loss, like, right? What's that? Without loss. You're not – it's efficient. Well, no. Well, yes and no. There are losses, but the fact is, whereas – yes, there are losses at least – when you compare, and that's where it gets kind of confusing. I was getting kind of confused about it because well, why smart. is it different now versus back then? Um, what were you going to say? Then you're the smart one here, John. No, I try. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I you need to know the, things. Well, the thing with the the AC is that you know you're sending all this voltage, and then once it gets where you want it to be, you can then convert it to. A, and that's the benefit of of AC. The really the real benefit is that. You can send it long distance, and then wherever it needs to go, you can convert it to uh, whatever you need it to be. So like in your house, you wouldn't really need uh, all the power that they're sending in these AC lines. It gets converted to uh, down to what you need in your house. But then in that process of conversion, that's where you start to get the losses. And, and DC, over the years, uh, there's been huge advancements, and they've found ways to transmit large amounts of DC over long uh, stretches uh, as much of like, like with this, this high voltage thing. It's, it can go thousands of miles. And said it says it's the most efficient technology to move large amounts of electricity over a long distance. So it it is, apparently it is more efficient than, than AC power line. It's really that it goes right hand in hand with this whole green movement and the whole trying to make everything much more efficient you know, we're trying to do to create these wind farms and do these solar things and all these different alternative forms of energy. So. But then what happens is, so take a wind farm, for example. They, those things, you know, they generate the power, and then they're at the, at the fan there, the windmill. They're converted from DC to AC, and then they're transmitted long, far from there. But you, you don't have to convert it. We con- it, gets, it gets converted because... Everything in America is AC, right. but if it was to be left in DC and transmitted directly from those those wind windmill farms uh, using like a direct current setup, mm-hmm. you could have like fifteen percent less loss or fifteen percent more you know more efficient, which is huge. And especially in America and in the world where you have these huge data centers, which are vastly power hungry, big data centers or Basically, everything that the web runs on, the internet and telecommunications, which has these huge, massive, uh, just uh, power-hungry data centers. That's where this is really important because, um, you know, every one of those computers, you know, mm-hmm. to take, for example, 
pretend you had an okay, just pretend you had an office building with like right. everybody's got their own computer and everybody's computer has a little AC to DC converter inside right. of it because all electronics like computers they actually run on DC. Right. I was just I wanted to bring that up for the last couple of minutes because one thing that people don't realize is that your power in your house is all AC, but everything that you run, almost everything, is run on DC power now. Right. The reason for that is because inside of like a computer, there's these tiny little switches. And the switches work because power, DC power only runs one way. Right. But AC, the fact that it runs both ways, well, that really kind of screws up the whole switching. So, yeah, all your ele- like electronics, smartphones, uh, computers, LCD TVs, whatever. Yeah. I mean, they run off DC. So there's a little converter inside them. Right. So if you have, say, an office building with hundreds of thousands of computers and every single one of those got a little AC to DC converter, um, there's losses involved there. There's money involved there. And if you can eliminate all those with a straight line DC connection, you're looking at saving a lot of money, uh, making it more efficient. So that's why the DC thing is important. Right. In a nutshell. I mean, there's more and more what, I could go what, on, but basically it's a more, it's a greener thing. Right. Whether this Rock Island clean line is beneficial to the citizens and people of Northern Illinois is up for debate still. But what we can kind of both agree on, this is sort of a kind of coming, whether whether it happens next year or not, that this sort of direct current upgrading the, the power grid in the country is, is going this way. Uh, what would seem, based on everything we've said so far, it would seem like, well, yeah, well, then this seems sort of like a no-brainer. We should be kind of promoting a uh, a new power grid that will, will make us greener and be more efficient. And, and uh, you know, it's a renewable energy source. So, like, why, why wouldn't this be a good thing? Well, there's a lot of controversy just in regard to who is going to benefit from this electricity and who's being, you know. And essentially what we have in, in right now is all these – Wind farms are going up, and we're we have plenty of electricity. Uh, the the price of electricity actually right now is really cheap. Um, it's one of the we're lucky in that regard. It's not where we have a a, a fairly efficient electric electrical grid. Um, it could be a lot more efficient based on technology, but really it doesn't cost that much money to to power your television or your refrigerator or net. You know, I mean, based on based on Impressive. everything else is the way it's growing and and whatnot. Electricity actually is being is you know the market it's an economic function i mean there's there's more of it available to us because of the the new renewable sources that are becoming available and so the price goes down because there's more available well it seems that like out east when you get into the huge populations where they have a lot more power needs you know we can what this company is trying to do is make money by providing them with what is called a clean energy, clean renewable energy source. And that's sort of the hope. But it seems to be up for debate whether that's actually going to be beneficial in the long run for us, which are, or the landowner where they want to build their lot. Yeah. That's where it gets tough because, you know, I, uh, the whole concept of this thing, I think it's really cool and it is, it's just, it goes hand in hand with the whole alternate forms of energy thing. But yeah, I mean, I could see why if if there's no direct impact, I mean, if this power isn't actually going to help us here in the area, right. I mean, at least the wind farms you've got up, you know, in the area, there is there's an effect there that it's felt in the local communities. I mean, it helps local communities, at least to my knowledge, it does. Uh, some of these wind farms, they you know, they power towns, uh, but this provide jobs uh, and it provides jobs, and that's another thing. You know, the this block RICL is is said that. 
you know, that this company has been saying, oh, it's going to bring all these jobs to the area, but they're kind of saying, well, no, not really. It's just going to be some some construction and to make some roads yeah. and to do some things like that. But One. these types of lines are very highly specialized. It's a new thing. It's, mm-hmm. It requires experts who know how to do this. Not any, not just anybody's going to be able to run these cables. I mean, this is going to be a special thing that's going to require their guys to do it. So the only local workers are going to be like local construction people who can, you know, right. and one, get the roads going, the infrastructure, that kind of stuff. Pouring concrete pads and 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 whatever else it involves, because they'll have uh, it'll be a lot of land that they're going to take up. It'll also impact the taxpaying uh, part of it because, you know, what's being taxed now and say just LaSalle County, that many less acres that this company comes in and takes up won't be taxed as it's currently being taxed. At least that's how I read it. So. We'll miss out on some property taxes that would have got we would have gotten as as well. But now, since it's not being taxed the same way, it's not going to be. We're not going to get that revenue. Right? Yeah. If I that I would be pissed about that. Like if it was my land and all of a sudden a chunk of my land, it wasn't going to. Well, it's not going to be mine anymore. I mean, well, you, and after, of course, initially there's going to be some payback because the company's probably going to offer some kind of a contract that's going to give these local landowners some money. Right as compensation but that's going to run out at a certain point well and they and land you know right and i'm sorry they had submitted a petition to become a public utility where they could use uh eminent domain and and get whatever land they wanted you know they would have to go through the legal process of eminent domain but uh they had submitted a petition to be a, a public utility which would have the rights of an eminent domain company or utility a public utility but it sounds like they've taken they've rescinded that they've withdrawn its petition but it seems like all indications are that they're going to go ahead and probably put it back in again and use that as a a legal uh, grounds for trying to acquire the land that they need to run their line now i read somewhere that the 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 clean line people because they pulled their whatever it is their what were they trying to do they're trying to become an entity in the state public utility Okay, because they pulled that out. That was just this past week. They have withdrawn its petition to, to become a public utility. And the, and the funky thing there is anybody who sent in, I think, any like waivers or uh, grievances saying they don't want this to be, Yeah. Uh, because they pulled it out, once they put it back into effect, once they reapply or whatever, everybody's going to have to just, you know, all of those previous grievances papers that were sent in are going to get scrapped. Oh, and that everybody's going to have to redo the whole process. So anybody, I read that somewhere in one of these articles that everything will be scrapped. I they didn't say it in the article, but it kind of made me think. Oh, was the company doing that? Was that a maneuver purposely so that it was going to make uh, all that stuff go away? You know, all the grievances go away, and because knowing people might not do it a second time, they might just over time just forget. I, see, I guess it, it'd be in, the total land that they're going to take up is twelve thousand acres. Well, see, one I thought one thing said twelve thousand. I thought somewhere else I said I read twenty nine thousand. Well, Maybe I'm making that up, but this probably is a comment on their board. So whether uh, that that is just you take it for what it's worth, whether it's true or not, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, yeah, and then and then but, the company itself, a representative from the company, who I thought that was funny. The news trip had uh, some quotes from him about how he was upset about the public perception about about this stuff, although he. <laughs> He didn't really have a lot of things to say that were um, in contrast to what people were saying. I don't have – I think I put a link here somewhere on the dock. I'm trying to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But basically, he his quote for how many acres it was going to take up was like like twenty acres or something stupid like that. It's like okay, somebody's way off, right? You know, <laughs> well, and not only the land, the amount of land that's going to take up, so that land is going to be used, be able to use for farming. It's maybe maybe some people don't think it's that big of a deal, but it, it is to the farmers that it affects. But it, it's also going to be a cost of you know up to you know they're they're speculating it's going to be one point three to one point seven billion dollars. Uh, the company would would. A lot of people are projecting, and this is based on a comment that I'm reading off of the Illinois Commerce Commission website uh, concerned landowner owner comments, is that, that this company won't be able to survive without federal subsidies. So the government, meaning us, taxpayers, will be basically paying for this, and that they won't be able to become profitable unless the price of electricity goes up. So it seems to me that maybe from a financial economic standpoint, that this doesn't make sense at this time the way it's set up hmm. yeah that's and, interesting and to me it, it is an, a maybe a little bit of a enron kind of venture capitalist people trying to trying to take energy because you know the the wind energy that's so-called green renewable energy over here is needed over there trying to link the two and and benefit or profit from it well and they know that the governments and the the governments are trying to uh, promote green uh, energy efficiency. So there's a lot of benefits and tax codes and all that crap uh, for companies that do things that are considered green and energy efficient. So they're they're taking advantage of that. So you know, on the one hand, you 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 like to hope that they've got good intentions, but oh yeah, like you said, are they just some company that's trying to take advantage of all these new? You know, or, or you know, are they trying to take advantage of these benefits that are coming? Right, um, and and there's still debate whether the wind turbines are are worth it. So, you know, it's a energy and and the future of energy and and how much we're going to need and the population growth and everything and the grid and all that. It's really hard to sort of digest and take in. Um, but when it comes down to it, if you're having a for-profit company come in, it's going to need government money to survive. It's going to require taking people's land from them and and putting up power lines that you know i don't think the power lines themselves are dangerous but i think we want to hit on some stuff with that uh the direct current well they're worried that uh they're worried there's some concern that a dc line is going to have a different effect on the local cattle maybe even pacemakers uh because of the magnetic field put off by it but there wasn't i didn't find anybody who had anything that stated set in stone you know type information that said no it's not going to be a problem or yes it is going to be a problem it seemed like everybody had a different opinion i don't know right. but i guess kind of what i'm saying is that the, it's just is, is this something that is really in the public good will it benefit us or is this are they saying what they're saying because they know they're going to get rich <laughs> doing it uh so. well i thought something interesting you know so this this one person um What's her name? Mary Mock. Mm-hmm. I think that would be how you say her name. She's out of Meriden. She's a farmer, mm-hmm. and she's uh, been the main organizer or one of the main organizers of the Block RICL group. Mm-hmm. And um, she, in one of these articles, she said something about, well, you know, and I think we were talking about this before we started recording about, you know, the fact that the East Coast can't provide their own power, and why can't the, this power... I don't know what we were talking. I don't know what point I'm trying to make. But basically, she was saying something like, "Well, why don't you use power out of the Lake Michigan? You know, 
set up power wind farms and different types of power um, accumulators mm-hmm. there in Lake Michigan. You know, uh, there's different technologies now that can use waves to generate power. There's the wind. Mm-hmm. But to do different things on Lake Michigan, because that's uh, really, other than the boats that drive around there, that's a pretty good area that's not going to really affect people. It's not going to affect the farming. Right. Uh, and it's closer to the east, you know. So I, I, that's not a bad point. I, I can go along with that. She, I, there was also in that same article that she talked about that, I think there was someone else that mentioned, well, what about just going along Interstate 80? That's already kind of a area that seems to be, you know, it's not green by any – it's a highway, a federal highway. Yes, yes, and I think the, the, problem with that is the company yeah. said that they did then have to deal with the federal government. Which speaks and to, well, what's wrong with going through the federal government? Is it- that's what I was thinking, too. It's like, oh, you know, you're going to have to jump through too many hoops. And I don't remember who said that, if that was the representative from there yeah. or if that was just something that was ret- written in the article. I- I'm sorry. I don't remember where I read it. But if they said that, that to me is yeah, – yeah, like- Illinois Farm Bureau President Phil Nelson, um, and he met with Governor Quinn on it. Um, and, and their quote uh, was, uh, they'd much rather roll over the farmers. <laughs> that was uh, well, naturally attorney Laura Harmon. That's what it says in this article. So, uh, yeah, that, that kind of funny. Ooh, I mean, I guess- the company, the, the, the Rock Island clean line did not make that statement by the way right they, we're not saying that they said that right but that'd be funny if they did sounds like they're the the federal government is kind of a pain in the ass to deal with and they don't want to do it <laughs> they think it'd be easier just to be like go wave some some benjamins in front of a, the northern illinois farmers and be like and and the funny thing is about farmers like they're all rich and you know they don't look rich uh they might not have a lot of liquid cash but if they own their land they're rich and if you go in front of them and wave seven grand you know, per mile, uh, they're going to laugh at you. And that seems to be yeah. about what they, per mile, uh, uh, what does it say? It could pay the county as much as $7,000 per mile per year. But that's not necessarily what the farmers are going to make per pad or whatever for each support for the poll. It, 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 I don't know what that's going to be, but they're going to have to negotiate with each farmer individually. And it sounds like they're going to try to become a public utility so they can be so they can use eminent domain and just roll over these farmers, and that's kind of BS. I, I I don't think that's fair. I think they should, if if anything, like you said, find a, a route that's along eighty or in a, in an area where you're not going to impact the the farming that goes on in these areas, the crop dusting and and some of the other things that I think also were called into question. There was a, a guy who oh yeah, that, that's going to totally mess up that one airport. Right, he he has a runway where he makes his living. You know. Uh, crop dusting all the fields in, in around Mendota, I believe is where it was. And he, if they put this structure up, it basically renders his whole uh, operation useless, his runway. And that's not fair to him. So you kind of have to, you know, they're, but they, I think. <clears throat> well, they're saying these things are, they're not small uh, either. Uh, I was surprised a little bit to find out that these things are really big. Uh, I want to say that the, the Mary Mock was quoting that, it'd be almost as big as like the Statue of Liberty, like each tower. Wow. Okay. I... You know, and, and I thought I read somewhere that there's different types of, of ways of, there's like the poles that there's like different types of poles that they can use, but the company was actually favoring a lattice structure, which is the bigger, you know, that, that stereotypical massive power line you see sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the impression I got that that's what they want to put in, which 
Yeah, that would. That's definitely an eyesore. Huge. Just put it along the highway. The highways. I uh, really, I agree there. It smells. Just put, <laughs> you know what? And then people will be like, "Well, it's going to mess up their GPSs." I, I maybe it will. I don't know, but yeah, Clay. What's we're, so we're going to have to take a a little break. So let's take a break and we'll close this out. Sounds good. I feel like we didn't talk about everything we needed to talk about. So we'll give ourselves a break and maybe see if there's something else we need to add in and here. And we rambled. Yeah, we'll take a quick break Sounds here. Good. Hey, 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 hey. All right, we have returned to finish off the segment. We're back. What do we got? So we, we felt like we rambled quite a bit on this particular topic. I, it probably it felt worse than maybe it was, John. But sort of, what, like in, 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 to uh, sum this all up, what, what, do we, what are the basics? What are our kind of closing opinions on this thing? Are you, are you for it? Or are you against it? What do you think? You know, I'm still not sure. And I, I know that's not, I should have a stance. I suppose when I first heard about it, I was kind of like, oh, come on. All right. It, you know, we should just put it in. It's probably not a big deal. Then when I started reading these block RICL dudes or what they've posted, yeah, I mean, I could, I can see their points. I mean, they, this company just looks like they're, I get that funny feeling, a potential red flag that kind of tells me these guys are just trying to find ways to take advantage of subsidies and make some money. Right. Well, and here's here's what we just talked about, and I think this is kind of funny. We both kind of agreed that if you go to their website, it's sort of lacking in sources, and it just sort of seems um, sort of generic, and that if you're really not digging too deep, you kind of can read what they're saying and sort of go like, yes, it's good. But it, I'm going to say this, I swear a little bit, it sort of sets off my bullshit detector. A yeah. little bit, because I, I feel like if you were really behind this project, and, and they are, I'm sure, and you had a ton of good information and it made complete sense, we'd have more people speaking out for it, and it would right. make a lot more sense. Maybe you'd have local politicians that are saying, you know, like, this is something that we can, if, if we, the governments in northern Illinois, whether the, the counties, the state, uh, towns, and individuals and whatnot – would be backing it and saying like we we are you know we're partnering with them because this is something that you know is 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 necessarily and and will benefit everyone. Well, that's not happening. So it seems to me like I, until I have better information or more information, I'm going to go ahead and side with the the farmers and stuff that are sort of already rallying against them. And yeah, me too. I'm with you there. I'm I'm with the block people. Uh, why not? Because. Like you said, you know, innocent or guilty until innocent. This isn't a. This isn't something where, just because you're, uh, you say that you're a public good, you all of a sudden just get the freedom to, you know, run, run over these farmers and just build what you think is gonna. And ultimately, maybe they're just benefiting the East Coast, and that's a little scary too. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you want more information on this topic, check out, do some Google searches on it. You'll, you'll find some articles from the News Tribune, the My Times. Uh, which will give you some good information, but um, you're going to find more negative than you're going to find positive, and that's that's not to say that the thing in its purest form isn't a bad thing, because like I was saying before, I do really believe that the the idea of the direct current lines, you know, especially a redundant direct current system throughout the entire country, I think using all the alternative types of energy, that's a really good strong system, and but 
this right. I don't know. I mean, they they like I think you hit it on the head. I mean, the bullshit detector is going off here. So right. I don't. Yeah. On on, on the Northern Illinois hands, we don't. And whether it, it impacts us directly, just because they're running power lines through here, there's crisscrossing this whole country. How big of a deal could it be? But if it's going to end up costing taxpayers money, I don't know if it's such a great idea. And since we support the Illinois Valley, we're with the Illinois Valley. I don't know where I was going with that. Sorry. That's it. I don't got anything else. I think we should sort of wrap it up there. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe we could our, – our, we had sort of another topic lined up and we kind of went a little long with the, the, the Rock Island clean line stuff. But um, we maybe could save it for another episode or, or hit on a little bit. But the, the solar flares and uh, geomagnetic uh, storms from the sun – uh, it definitely is. There is. It's a. Um, it ties in just because it affects the power grid. So I think it's worth mentioning it a little bit. We can talk about it. So we, well, when John and I were putting the episode together today, we, we sort of I, one of the topics that came to mind when we started talking about this was the idea of a solar flare or a um, coronal mass ejection, which is basically just solar activity from the sun. Um, big massive bursts of energy that are ejected from the sun that hit the earth and how they can impact uh, satellites and, and the power grid and just electronics in general um, and how it sort of ties in just because we we're talking about electricity and power but there's actually a, a strong risk that it could shut us down uh, I mean there's a story in the the uh, New York Times I mean this goes back to June of last year 2011 but they talk about uh, a solar event actually being so bad that it could be uh, the United States uh, next Katrina. Um, and that was actually the title of an article from this July in the uh, <clears throat> Huffington Post that was the next Katrina could be a deadly solar storm. Cause it, and, and there's actually risk that it could shut down the satellites for cellular communication and it could actually blow out electric, electrical grids. And to think... Well, how how likely is this sort of thing happen? Is it is it like having a, a, a an asteroid hit the planet? Is it something similar? The are the odds similar to that? And I actually think that the odds of this event happening, a solar storm shutting down a grid, is actually probably a lot more likely than a, than an asteroid. Oh, I would agree. And I and I you know I didn't research this topic a lot. I'm kind of going off what I think I watched on an episode of the Universe, which was a Discovery Channel show. Or History Channel, one of those shows. Anyway, they, they talked about how the sun, they've noticed, has a pattern that goes through a cycle. Mm-hmm. It's about a 22-year cycle where for half the cycle, roughly 11 years, the sun has very low activity with its solar flares. And then for the other half, it's very high activity. And they were talking about how it's been a little bit weird because you know, we just finished up what should have been the completion of a low activity period but the low activity period kind of went long mm-hmm. and so they were kind of concerned that once the sun started to pick up again it was going to be maybe way more than we've seen before something's bubbling up on there <laughs> yeah right exactly so it's it yeah and that's the sort of thing you get a big solar flare or something out of the out of the usual uh well i mean they happen all the time but yeah if there was a really big one it could It'd be like a giant EMP. Anybody who's watched The Matrix and remembers how they shut off all those robots with the big energy pulse. Well, that's what the, a solar flare does. 
it it will shut down electronics, all the satellites, mm-hmm. power grid, cell phones. Don't even have to have it plugged in. I don't think. Right. It just, it'll, it'll screw everything up. Well, well here's the, the example that the most recent example is from March of 1989 in uh, Quebec, Canada. Uh, this solar event actually left millions of people without electricity for nine hours. They say it cost the region $2 billion. This is coming from the Huffington Post article um, from this past July. Uh, it's sort of a, a scary circumstance. And then there's actually, in a, going well, as far back, uh, the worst event on record is from 1859. And I actually think there might be some bigger than this, but this is one in modern times, if you will. They, they, the last recorded solar superstorm super was called the Carrington event. It lasted nine days in 1859. It, let's see, they said it was the equivalent, the explosion on the sun was the equivalent of a billion hydrogen bombs. So one of the neat fallout from this, one of the neat things that happened was that the Aurora Borealis sort of thing where you get this, the nighttime light show was seen as far south as the Caribbean. Uh, wow. And so, and it was so bright in the sky that it actually woke up the gold miners out west Colorado area. And they started making breakfast and everything because they thought it was morning, but it was actually the middle of the night. It's kind of an interesting thing where if you don't think about it, but you have to have a – I don't understand it completely how the energy is transferred and how it works, but this event back in 1859, they said that there was telegraph lines where people were actually being shocked, shocked from the solar storm. So – you know, it's something that NASA keeps a close eye on, and they're actually able to warn the grid and the people, and they're hopefully able to shut everything down or, you know, get it in a in a state that it wouldn't be harmed if we were directly hit. Right. It kind of looks like we there are ways, because at least based on that article you were referencing before, there was a th- what we have three days warning. Is that what it said? Before? Well, that's how light normally takes to transmit to from the sun to the earth. Um, the particular disaster, I think the Carrington disaster, they thought it was 17 hours. Oh, wow. Well, at least there's some warning, right. I guess. But uh, based on the, uh, the technology now, e- even in 1989, they didn't have really any warning. Or the- well, have you seen any of those? I think I posted on Facebook some of those videos that we now have of the sun. They are amazing. Mm-hmm. What they can see now. Mm-hmm. Really high-res videos that show what's going on with the sun. Mm-hmm. You know, it, per, up to the second. I mean, like live, almost not really, but the the way technology is just shooting through, and and some of the stuff that we can see, it's just hard for our little brains to sort of uh, take in. And and this kind of thing is, if we you can't treat it as as a phenomenon, and well, all so be it. You know, if that happens, it happens. I think what everything's the way everything's going is if we have the technology to where we can prevent some sort of disaster like this, by all means, I think we should be worried about it. And it's to the point where I was talking with my brother-in-law and I was telling John about this before we recorded tonight, that there's insurance companies out there that insure these satellites and they insure and they, they're assuming the risk. So that's uh, the cell phone company that owns the satellites saying like, hey, uh, will you insure our satellite? And they're like, yeah, well, it's going to cost you. Well, they're not going to do that without knowing what the odds of these risks are. And it, it's getting more and more expensive, I think, for these companies because I think a lot of the insurance companies are sort of wising up to the risk, and they're not going to they're not going to insure these people unless they're getting a, a you know a good amount of money for a you know a payment on it or you know whatever the it, the, the cost of the insurance is. So, it, if you know if insurance companies are 
insuring against it, then you know the risk is real. It's not. That's interesting. You mentioned the satellites because I'm sure the risk out in space is increasing because the amount of space junk Mm -hmm. continues to increase. That means more things that are floating around at high rates of speed. Well, even even power companies getting on power lines, um, they can be sued because sometimes, you know, something happens to a power line, it could cause a a massive uh, fire, forest fire, say, out in California where you burn thousands and thousands of acres while the power company ran the line. If, you know, someone has to, some insurance companies viable or, you know, that, you know, they're going to end up having to pay for to put that forest fire out. So there's, you know, they, they're assessing all kinds of different risks. And, and the conference that my brother-in-law had gone to was specifically related to risks associated with energy. And one of the main ones they hit on was the solar flare thing. And one of the big topics is what happens if we have a Carrington event, which is the one from 1859. And if it were to happen, what would happen and how the hell are we going to pay for it? Yeah, because back then they didn't have Wi-Fi and all the stuff we have now, so it's what's, it's a different world. Yeah, what's going to happen to my stupid iPhone five? Is, is it <laughs> G going to still work or what? By the way, how you like that thing? Um, yeah, good, good transition, John. Uh, I I really like it. I think um, I dig it. It the battery on it's great. The pictures are wonderful. Uh, the reception and the speed are through the roof. Faster. Then I thought, I, I mean, I heard when people said that it was going to be faster than cable internet, I thought they were crazy, but it seems like actually it is. I did a cellular speed test, you know, not, I wasn't on a Wi-Fi, I was on a I just cell phone, I was at that wedding yesterday outside of Peoria, and I got 31 megabits per sec, 31.8 megabits download and 10.29 megabits upload speed. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and that's th- 31, that's faster than cable internet, by far. Not even a I still don't know how the hell that can be, but uh, yeah, I, and this and that was out down by Peoria. I did one in Ottawa that was ten, ten megs down and seven point five megs up, and that was you know. So I got three times faster download time in uh, down by Peoria. So you know, it is simply amazing. I, and I, yeah. people, a lot of the four G or four uh, S old. You know, iPhone. I shouldn't say old, but if you have a uh, iPhone four or iPhone four S, a lot of those people are uh, hurting because of the, the latest iOS six update. So, I don't know what to make of that that yet. Whether whether it's any good, but I think the smart people were waiting to see what happened to their other people's phones before they downloaded the latest updates. So, I don't know. What have you heard? Have you talked to anybody or have any fans or? I've heard nothing bad. Right. Nothing bad. The only thing was the maps thing, and it sounds like they've kind of apologized, publicly apologized to everybody for their attempt at maps. But I think you got to give them some time. It's, they're just they don't have, it's their crack at it. But uh, from what I hear, they don't have the manpower working on it that they should. Um, Google has taken this maps thing very seriously uh, to the point where they have thousands and thousands and thousands of people working on it, and it's not right. Apple isn't right. Yeah. But um, I'm going to have to cut you off, Clayton, because we're about at a break time. Sure. So let's take a break and come back with our favorite segment of the show. Sure.
Okay. Okay, we are here. Oh, by the way, real quick, Clayton. Yes. Um, speaking of your iPhone 5, I recommend my app of the week called Jittergram. Jitter, J-I-T-T-E-R-G-R-A-M. Anybody who uses Twitter may have seen once in a while you'll see someone post a picture. It seems like it's moving slightly, like just a slight little move. Well, those are GIF files, G-I-F files. And there's a program called Jittergram, which it makes it easy to produce those. Takes a couple quick snapshots to get merges them together into a GIF file, and then makes it easy to share it on Twitter or whatever. And it's out available on Apple, right? It's only yeah, currently only available on Apple. Neat. So that's my thing. So, but what are we here for? Ah, well, the tweets of the week. No, no, you can't say it like that. Come on, put something into it. The tweets of the week. Sound it all. All right. Uh, uh, what do you got? Should we take it away? We got quite a few here, so we'll have to pound through them pretty pretty quick. Yeah. Do you want to switch off then? Let's do it. Okay. So uh, we've talked about her before at Ponies and Pizza. Amanda. Trademarked. Yes, trademarked. Quote here. I called all my ex-boyfriends yesterday to tell them I now have 500 followers on Twitter. I don't believe she really did that, but that's still funny. It is, yeah. Uh, she did. Kudos. I don't know how many. Maybe she only has one ex-boyfriend. Well, she has to have two because she pluralized it. True. All right. The next one is from the Z-Man 1033. That's at Z-Man 1033. Key Zimmerman. He's a South guy, right? Native yeah. podcaster. Um, the, day, uh, the debut of the Z-Man Express will be Friday at 11 p.m. Central Time, Friday night on Sky106.net. So this is he's running an internet uh, radio show, correct? Yes, he does a podcast here, and he's now also doing a uh, online radio show. I haven't actually checked it out yet. I really want to, but because um, the time, you know, that's kind of late right. Friday night. But hopefully, you know, be sweet. I don't know. I should send him a message. I wonder if you can get his show like in the form of a podcast. I don't, I don't know if that's that works with streaming music. If you can do that, I think you can't. Well, I think that's one of the ways. I'm pretty sure you cannot do streaming or a podcast of music like that if it's like licensed. But I don't know. I'm talking about my butt right now. So there, John. It's my turn. Okay. Uh, at Andy Kozell. What a buzzkill when you go to turn on the Karate Kid and it's the Will Smith's Kid one. Shame on UFX. I liked this one because I have had that exact same thing happen to me. Yeah. Well, what I mean, come on, there's only one Karate Kid and the fact that they tried to redo it, which I heard wasn't that bad, but God knows I'm never going to watch it. I know. I see it on there, and I want to see the dude yell, put him in a body bag, Johnny, and it's not that movie. (laughs) Right. Oh, that's good. Oh, so the next one is from Kevin Caulfield. This is at NT underscore County, New Tribune County twitter handle from kevin caulfield uh we can all relax mcrib is coming back in late december if you're like me this is big news uh, yeah that's funny well do you remember back when the uh uh sharon and, and ozzy osborne had their show the osborne's and yeah did you ever watch it jack yeah excited about the mcrib oh yeah Kelly, mcrib is back oh let's <laughs> stop and get some mcribs that was <laughs> do you remember that that was a little bit, yeah. I I, uh, I had one um, a couple of years ago. 
It is pretty delicious. It's still one of them mystery meats. I get it. I, I assume it's pork. I don't know. <laughs> ranks it ranks right up there with spam. Yeah. Plus, I yeah. Spam is all about preparation. This is pretty good. It's slathered in barbecue sauce. Has onions. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next one at tt underscore s s t o u t Steve Stout. Ottawa native and AMC alum Walt Willie and locals will star in a commercial promoting the city. It will be filmed around town next week. Yeah. AM. So that's that's neat. All my children. I know someone who is in those commercials. Or in the commercial. I actually know a couple. Oh, it's All My Children? What did you think? Is that what it was? <laughs> AMC, not the channel. AMC. Oh, shit. I thought it was the channel all this time. <laughs> well, now I don't like it as much. Dang it. In here, but you know what's really cool about that? It's Stephanie, my wife. She's in the commercial. I know. That's I, 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 I figured. I didn't know, but I put the, the connected the dots on that one, and I figured that's what was going on. I think um, Abby Zukowski was in it, too. Uh, yeah. And Stephanie's cool. a girl who's like six foot tall, looks just like, um, who's that country star with the long blonde hair? Uh Carrie Underwood? Carrie Underwood. Maybe another. Or Tyler Swift. Taylor Swift, yeah. Looks just like her. She's in it, too. So, wow. Stephanie's assessment. Yeah, they ran around Ottawa, and, 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 and Walt Willie, he's a soap opera star. So, yeah. It's going to be on WGN TV, uh, I guess, sometime in the, or maybe late winter, spring sometime. So, I'm sure we'll talk about it again, but that's really neat. It's it's a promoting Darn. visit center. So, uh, trying to get people from the Chicagoland area to come down. I'm sure they're promoting the... Star Rock and downtown Ottawa and all that. So, really cool. All right. Got the next one. This is from uh, Charleston Chewbacca. <laughs> I like that plan where it's not a big fan of the candy bar, if you want to call it that. Uh, yeah. They're okay. Um, At Grinwin. Grinwin. When I was a kid, if you saw Slimer on the high C box, you knew it was good stuff. Ecto coolers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or to this day, if I see, because like Hawaiian Punch, they sell a green juice or whatever. Uh, very similar, and I still to this day call it ecto cooler. So I'm forced. That's you know, in my household, the green stuff is ecto cooler. It's true. That is true. Yeah, and I agree with you. And you know what? Hopefully, you can pass that on to your kids. I'm trying. I'm trying. So all right, nine nine three at W A J K. New statistics show that trampolines are too dangerous for kids. Even with safety nets. In 2009, there were close to dot, 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 it's Facebook posts. So I just thought this was uh, interesting. If you were to actually read the Facebook post, lots of the uh, comments on there are people like, oh, this is stupid. You know, they're not dangerous. If you get hurt, it's your own fault. But I take uh, I, I take the other side of that. I find that trampolines are, are very dangerous. Uh, In fact, I've hurt myself on them. Multiple times. Have you? Uh, you know what's so funny about this is we are not the only podcast to talk about this. Uh, they hit on it hard on Adam Carolla. And Carolla is a pretty liberal – oh, he's conservative politically, but he has some libertarian kind of point of view. He's like, you don't need to tell me what I could put in my yard kind of thing. Yeah. But let's see. That's 105,000 kids are sent to the hop, uh, hospital each year because of trampolines. It's <laughs> a so, uh, a lot 105,000 how many trampolines are out there you know it, it what is this like one and two i know it's not like everybody's got one of these in their yard yeah it's like multiple or they, they they break there's one website here where they break down all the type of injuries 
Yeah, I think of like of our group of guys in high school, you know, like 10 to 12 of us, one person had a trampoline. And so for that one person, I know I can say on that trampoline, I hurt myself pretty bad. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I jumped and I launched too far and I landed, my neck landed on the steel bar <laughs> or the aluminum bar. It's very painful. <laughs> I've, wow, I've never actually hurt myself, um, believe it or not. Well, I, that's, you know, again, you know, it's my own fault for doing some crazy stuff, but hey. What's though? Like, <clears throat> it was an enablement of my stupidity. You were the guy that was doing, like, trying to do double flips off the high dive. I, I didn't jump off the high dive until I was, like, you know, mature. <laughs> if you picture me on a trampoline, when too many people get on there, I'm the one climbing off because I, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be ra- rocketed off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Getting my face on the bars. <laughs> I, I don't need it. So. Uh, I, you know what? I agree with you, John, and, and this is actually a pretty funny tweet because they did hit it pretty hard on the Corolla show. So, awesome. I feel like after after you know listening to that, almost like we're cheating by talking about it. But I, I agree. Like they're they're dangerous, and it's not like kids are wearing helmets when they're on there. So true. Whatever. Uh, I'll take the next one. This is another one from WAJK. Um, the driverless car cars are on display in California, and then when do we get a hoverboard? That's a good question, actually, because I thought they were coming in the 90s uh, for sure. But they- My brother Bob still gives me shit to this day because I was convinced as a child that we would have hoverboards. The way we talked about it was like it wasn't even a matter of uh, like if, it was just when. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Well, I was confused as a child because during – they showed Back to the Future on TV to promote Back to the Future 2 – and they did these things where this guy hosted this segment between the commercial breaks, and he talked about hoverboards, and he would say, oh, hoverboards are coming, but the parents, you know, they're too dangerous, and the parents won't let it happen. And, and something about that, I was convinced, whether or not I heard him wrong or what, but I was completely convinced that they were coming. Yeah. And he still gives me crap. Yeah, and well, they never did come, so. No, they didn't. Well, maybe we just have to wait another 25 years, and they'll be here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got the next one, John? Sure. At Wired, embracing 3D printers, manufacturer tells customers to print their own replacement parts. This is, I could go on and on, so I'm just going to leave this brief, but this is seriously going to happen in the future. Right. 3D printers are going to be so cheap that everybody's going to be able to afford one. And if you part on your vacuum, say some little wedge, you know, some little gear or something breaks, you're not going to need to go to the company and order it. You're going to they're going to send you're going to go to their website, you're going to download the file and you're going to print it out. That's going to happen. Here I just explained to everybody my lack of credibility with hoverboards and I'm telling everybody that this is going to happen. I bought it in hoverboards, but this thing's for real. This is happening, man. Well, does Jay Leno already have one? Uh, yeah, we talked about that on uh, I think the last show. Yeah, he absolutely does. It's a real thing. Yeah, 3D printers are uh, definitely coming. Um, you know, we'll be able to print out dinner, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> damn, I wanted hot sauce on my burrito. Uh, <laughs> damn, yeah. out of hot ink. <laughs> Replicators, yeah. Oh, I got the next one. This is uh, from AM uh, 1220 WLPO, local radio station. And it's at AM 1220 WLPO. Uh, Mendota Man shoots cyclists after thinking it was a skunk. Um, we are- oh, yes, we've talked about it. Good one. You had to- yeah, I 
Good tweet. That's how I found out about this. So it, uh, if it hit the mainstream media, but you'd think it should. If that's it better. It's, maybe it's just some guy shot some other guy. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, where was I? Oh, okay. So we've this is a frequent tweeter on our list here at sth seven four nine Scott Holland. The guy I like said things I agree with. The guy I don't like said things that make me mad. You should vote for the guy I like. Right. De- hashtag debate 2012. In reference to the debates that, from our point of view in time, was last week. Right. Wednesday, right? Yeah. They literally put me to sleep. Did they? Oh. I, well, I, I heard Barack Obama was asleep. I only saw SNL. <laughs> I only saw SNL's interpretation. Oh, man, they were great. Yeah, that was great. SNL was so funny. They, they, yeah. They nailed it. That was a really good one. But yeah, so if you we we're not going to do presidential stuff at this point. No, I don't know if they, we even need to talk about it. Seeing as how we live in Illinois, we all it's pretty much a done deal. Uh, it's going to happen. So the next one is from Illinois Report or at Illinois Report. Um, Illinois hunters encouraged to donate deer meat, um, aka venison. Uh, this is a Sacramento Bee, uh, and I've seen this in a couple other uh, like WLPO too. Or, um, prevalent the last you know five years or so where they're they're encouraging hunters to donate any meat that they don't plan on eating so um true yeah i'm all for it i mean if if, if you're a, a sportsman and you kill a deer and you're not going to eat it make sure someone gets it because it's good and healthy and a good thing so um, yeah yeah well that's all it requires i think yeah at nt underscore sports jared jared bell Former Chicago Bull Scotty Pippen is in Princeton. Word is he was at the Prime Quarter Steakhouse tonight. He hunts near Princeton. Sweet. That is awesome. Run into him. And I'd also like to name the waitress after she waited on him, you know, to see if that nickname about him is true. You ever heard that one? No Uh -uh. (laughs) Pippen. No Tippin' Pippen? Really? Yes. Maybe why well, I just watched the uh, maybe he's prudent, uh, prudent and smart. I just watched the documentary this past week called "Broke: The Thirty for Thirty on ESPN about athletes going broke, and I'm actually pretty sure he did declare bankruptcy. So he's just probably yeah, I think he did tight ass or whatever. But uh, yeah, so uh, either way, I'd still like to just run into him just because I think you know we're obviously a long time uh, Bulls fans from the '90s. We were sucked in and. Uh, he was a legend in our book, so it, just the fact that he's in the Illinois Valley is cool to me. So, fine by me. Now, these the next one here Get it. is kind of a double because oh. there was one tweet and then there was another tweet a week later. Okay, so you want to just tackle them both? This is Janine Otto. She's from uh, at Agnews underscore Otto. She's she does all the farm prices, pork, uh, corn, whatever shortages, whatever. She's actually a really good tweeter. Uh, mm-hmm. she, she keeps us abreast on anything farm-related. Yes. Now, the first one is global bank bacon shortages, news inciting porky panic, but it's actually a savvy marketing, marketing campaign by UK pork producers. Well played, Brits. So I saw these stories just a couple, well, it was probably within the last 10 days, where they're saying that there's going to be a global bacon shortage within the next year or something. Yeah. But according to this, maybe that it, it's not all it's chalked up to be and that, 
we're going to get all the bacon we need and we don't have to worry about the price going way up. I'm going to have to trust Janine on this one and, and assume that, yeah, this is just a, a bit of a ploy. Maybe maybe the CME is benefiting. Was that the Chicago Mercantile Exchange? Are they still trading pork bellies on the... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right? Uh, well, whatever. I, 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 I'm going to go into this real quick. So I think it was on a, a Planet Money podcast where they talked about how the CME, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, started. And one of the things was like bacon, the price of bacon was pretty volatile because it would go way up in the summertime when tomatoes were available because everybody wanted BLTs. Really? started trading pork bellies so you could get future prices on bacon, basically. So you could sort of lock in the price so you could get it cheap when the price would skyrocket. So you could buy it, lock in your price early on before the summertime sell it you know get guarantee yourself that price to the pork and then when when it became time for blts you'd raise your price however whatever you would and everybody was happy so that pretty interesting right and that wow that is interesting they stopped what is that planet money yeah i think they actually stopped selling pork bellies on the cme just this within the last year or two or within the last year but i could be wrong about that but i thought that was a really interesting uh take on or not take just a sort of the history of why they you know they sell corn and soybeans and all that other stuff but i always would hear pork bellies like on wgn radio and think like hey really they're still trading pork <laughs> that's awesome Until her next tweet was actually uh late lunch of pulled pork enchiladas from the ninth street pub here in LaSalle. they were sublime had to keep pork month celebration going so again pork related uh tweet so she's all absolutely pigs. she's what <laughs> she's all over the pigs Oh, yeah. It's got the pig news down. I like it. That's a good I, I've never really been to Night Street Pub for their food, but they actually have a YouTube commercial. Really? If you look up Night Street Pub commercial, you can see it's real cheesy. It's horrible. But it, As it should be. Yeah, it makes it look like uh, they have pretty good food. Not, and, I, and actually, from everybody's take, I mean, they've been around forever. I've heard nothing but good things about their food. And, and by all accounts, like anybody who's ever eaten there, no one's ever said anything bad about it. So, And they've been around forever, so it can't be bad. So we might have to go check it out sometime. Live reporting. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Well, we got to pick a winner, Clayton. Oh. What are you thinking? Uh, I don't know, John. Um, uh, well, I got a couple. Hey, what do you think? I, I like the uh, reference to Ecto Coolers. Me too. I was a sucker for nostalgia. Uh, other than that, I like Scott Holland's tweet about the, the debate. Um, that yeah, funny too. Um, and obviously, I liked how they filmed a commercial in the uh, Ottawa area with Walt Willie that my wife was in. That was cool. Uh, and I also like the Karate Kid one. I, 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 I think the last time you made me pick, so I'm going to go ahead and put the onus on you to pick this one. Oh, really? Okay. Well, um, then I'm going to pick one that you didn't just mention. Okay. Stick with the last one. I'm going to pick Janine Otto. Sure. Newcomer, I think, to the twi- tweets of the. Li- tweets of the week list so i think she deserves it she she did have two tweets on the list so i think right away she automatically wins oh that's true yeah you know work hard and (laughs) i like that she informed me that i don't have to worry about the price of bacon going up because i actually i do eat beacon uh beacon i eat bacon you know time to time not every day and maybe I'm a week, but I do eat it, and I was a little concerned because I don't need a pound of regular old bacon going up in price. I don't know about you, John. I can't afford that. 
Yeah, that's my favorite Lunchable, uh, the bologna one. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, at least the boys, my boys. That's a, usually I know that they're gonna they'll eat those. Nice. Well, way better than turkey. That's for sure. I think. Yeah. At at Ag News underscore and Otto. Congratulations. So you are the, you're a winner. The tweeter of the week. Yeah. So I guess we don't have a lot more to talk about. I, I or do we? I wish I had more like apps and phone stuff, but um. I'm still embarrassed from our last show when I talked about the iPhone 5. Oh, no, that was fun. He tried to defend my position. Uh, I've had, so, I, like, just talking to people, it's funny because uh, Stephanie actually had a girl come up to her and be like, oh, and this was like maybe three or four days after it came out. Is that the, is that the new iPhone? Can I see it? And she kind of, and she's like, <laughs> can I, can I hold it? She's like, yeah, you can hold it. She's like, can I, uh, can I play with it? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's creepy. You can play with it. She's just like, oh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> she's just like, give me my damn phone back. You're creeping me out, woman. <laughs> Get your own. <laughs> Get your own. Scrolls. Scrolls so smooth. Well, I don't have any apps other than the one I mentioned that, um, whatchamacallit, Stuttergram or whatever it was called. I already forgot what it's called. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't think that's jigger, jigger, <laughs> jittergram. Jittergram. That's all I got. It, uh, uh, sorry, jiggerbug. Yeah. Um, oh, um, we we forgot to mention uh, before we go uh, and we start closing this sucker out. You know, we are on. Uh, we do have a mail account. Mail at ivypod.com. We appreciate, and we've actually gotten quite a bit of mail uh, this past week from. One of our favorite listeners, uh, Revlo, on Twitter, the Reverend Nick Logan, thank you, who's been sending us all sorts of local events. Um, and I'm going to rattle these off because he's really quick because he's been sending me a bunch. Um, shoot. October 13th, Civil War reenactment in Princeton. Uh, there's also uh, Fall Festival in October 13th in Mendota. There's... Uh, Inay Imagery, experience live music photography for an extremely reasonable rate. It doesn't say where it's at, but um, shoot, there's there's more here. I'm, I'm going to miss some, but oh, oh this one sounds kind of cool. Princeton Paranormal, Paranormal Project 2012, uh, October 27th. They're having the ghost hunting group Extreme Vision Paranormal will release their findings from local investigations along with Findings from the Black Moon Manor. So I just had to rattle off. There's probably a couple other ones, but um, we should probably close things out here. Wrap things up. Uh, is there a possibility that we might be doing a Halloween episode, John? Yeah, we got to find out what's going on with that. Um, they wanted to do a live show, so we'll look forward to that. Um, yeah, and, and if you see any any info on haunted houses or anything, feel free to shoot us an email or find us. On- oh yeah, we like those. Uh, if you have any pictures or anything like that, we'll, we'll, try, we'll give you retweets if you send us anything like that. Um, definitely. Uh, I, my favorite season might be fall, just for the football and the weather. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, enjoy it. Um, let us know if you hear anything. And I think kind of going into this fall, I think we'll probably be kind of hooking up and doing some more episodes. I think that sort of we kind of get off track in the summertime. We get busy doing our thing. and Yeah, we need to get back on a routine week or every other week. I think it's... Uh... It, it's. I can understand as a person who listens to podcasts. If every week, if that show's not there, 
uh, can it be annoying. So we'll try to do better with that. And I think we, I think we can, we'll try to do every other week, um, but we'll see. Uh, we're not guaranteeing anything, but I think we will probably try to be back uh, at least one more episode this month for sure. Yes, and Clayton, by the way, you know we're a big deal now. We need to do more shows because we got mentioned on the Stuff You Should Know podcast. The earlier. Stuff You Should Know podcast. Why didn't we open with this? I don't know. It's like a huge deal, and we should open with it next show. We should do that, yeah, as mentioned on the Stuff You Should Know podcast. Know. <laughs> the world-renowned. I didn't know where the Illinois Valley was, but... That doesn't matter. It's okay with us. We don't care. The fact that we got mentioned on that show... Yeah. Like in my world, that's like one of the biggest podcasts ever. That's like Chuck or Chuck or Josh when I was like, I don't even think the Illinois Valley's in Illinois. And it's like, no, we're in Illinois. Uh we t- Yeah, and I will be listening to their show because they often, you know, they read emails and I sent them a nice lengthy email explaining where we are. So <laughs> listen to them. Yeah. We're, we are on the Illinois River in Illinois, and we are in the Illinois Valley. True that. So it's exactly what you think. You, you've been tricked too many times, fellas. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. We've got a Twitter account, at IVPodcast. We're IVPod on Facebook. Right. And stickers and, now, too. So. And what? Yeah, new stickers. We got some stickers, yeah. If you shoot us a tweet or uh, like us on uh, whatever, Facebook or whatever, uh, I'll send you some some stickers. You got to give me your address. I don't know if you feel uncomfortable doing that. That I may start stalking you, but you'll also get a sticker in the pro in the you know along with it. Right on. <laughs> so. yeah. Oh, and we're you know Google Plus. I'm gonna we 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 really got to close out the show here, but yeah, we're not on Google Plus anymore. We gave up. It's 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 over. Okay. <laughs> you okay with that? It's done. Okay, cool. On Ed- F them. All right. We're done. <laughs> We're done. Episode over. Peace out. Bye.